Hello everyone and welcome to Sci-Fi Unchained, your podcast for science fiction, news, discussions, theories, and comparisons. I want to talk about some of my favorite characters and their factions, those being Teal'c from the Jaffa, Ronan the Satedon, Chewbacca the Wookiee, and Worf the Klingon, and how they're so similar in their importance to their universes and the advancement of them, especially the storylines, uh, and how it seems that an archetype has developed in science fiction because of these characters. They're all the strong men characters, you know, but they all have that sense of duty and honor and family is very important. And while they may be similar, they're also so different. Different in ways like Worf and the Klingon Empire is so different from Teal'c and the now free Jaffa nation. The Klingons value strength and conflict and rivalry, the same as the Jaffa. But the Jaffa don't go out of their way to cause war, to cause strife and conflict for the betterment of themselves. That's more like the Mandalorians, really. Uh, the Jaffa are more concerned about freedom and self-governance, something they hadn't had in thousands and thousands of years under the rule of gold. Ronan? Ronan is very aptly named. Uh, he gets his name derived from the feudal samurai era of Japan's uh, Ronan, which was a rogue samurai, a samurai that did not answer to a feudal lord. Ronan, Stargate Atlantis did a really good job of creating this new kind of character in Ronan that we hadn't really seen before. But as he grew and developed, he carried with him that same sense of honor and duty, not necessarily family-bound, but he was friend-bound. Uh, John Shepard and everybody else in the Atlantis expedition kind of became his family. Uh, they even give us a really, really fun episode where Teal has to prepare Ronan for an interview with the IOA back on Earth to kind of consider his continuation with the Stargate Atlantis expedition. Uh, and it's a really, really fun episode. Uh, it, I think 10 minutes into it, you see Teal and Ronan fighting, and they're all beaten to a bloody pulp. And it's, it's, it's something that you really wish you could see more of. It's also a really fun episode because you get to see the Wraith infiltrate Stargate Command, and uh, it's something that you just never thought would happen. It's it's a really fun episode. I, I encourage everybody to go check it out. So, Chewie. How does Chewie fit in all this? He's a Wookiee from the planet Kashyyyk in the Star Wars universe, right? How is he like Teal'c? Well, he's very much like Teal'c, and the Wookiees are very much like the Jaffa in that their concerns are mostly about themselves. They're, they're concerned with self-governance and self-preservation because like the Jaffa, the Wookiees were under the Empire seal for 20-plus years under Palpatine. Even before that, they were hunted for sport by the Trandoshans. They were seen as big game and easy slave labor. That's also another thing I'm noticing now is that these two factions, the Wookiees and the Jaffa, are very similar in that they're both factions that are incredibly inherently strong 
and they've been made so due to their genetic makeup and their histories, yet they are some of the first to be enslaved. The, they were enslaved by the Empire. I'm, I'm sure they were enslaved by the Zygerians, the, the, the Sith Empire, the Rakatan, just whoever came along, I'm sure. And then the Jaffa, of course, they were, they were enslaved by uh, the Goa'uld for tens of thousands of years. But they were also misled by other Jaffa. They were misled by Garrick and the Ori, whenever the Ori came to the galaxy. I think the two out of the group that are most like each other are Worf and Teal'c. Because Worf, Worf is concerned about upholding and maintaining not only his own honor, but that of his family, of the Klingon Empire, and his friends, uh, Picard and everybody else aboard the Enterprise. Because his sense of duty and family also extends to them, just like Teal'c does with the members of SG-1. And it's, it's really refreshing. It's, it's, it's one of those things that I really love to see going back and forth between watching Stargate and Star Trek. That's a factor in a character that I really like that is present in both those shows. And I'm glad that it's there. It's a factor in a character that I really like to see because it's relatable. It's a factor that I think has become an archetype uh, in almost anything. Uh, take the Protoss from Starcraft. Take the Orcs from Warcraft. The Arbiters and Halo. Honor, duty, family. That's pretty mainline for these guys. And I, it's, it's a trope that I think has become very, uh, very much a staple in science fiction games, movies, TV shows, books, well, whatever you want to call it, uh, in the past couple of decades. And I think it's a very good uh, marker of growth. Now, the orcs, uh, the orcs from Warcraft, I think they're more like the Klingons and the Mandalorians. They, they actively seek conflict. They actively seek competition uh, and conquest. They they are conquerors. They want to be, they want to be at the forefront of the fray, most certainly. Now, whenever they started off, before they were corrupted by Gul'dan, and kill Jaden, they were very they were a very peaceable race on Draenor. Sure, they had conflicts with neighboring clans. Uh, they went to war with the Gron and the ogres. Uh, and the Arakoa on Draenor, but they weren't these huge nation-stomping conquerors, right? But that's also not the orcs that we were initially introduced to. The orcs we were initially introduced to are very much like the Klingons. They want to conquer all of Azeroth, and they, they manage to conquer most of Stormwind and move on to Ironforge, so yeah, I, I really like how all of these factions show very relatable traits that we can see uh, in our own histories. A lot of them are very similar to, say, ancient Spartans, ancient Native American tribes, and what we know about them, feudal Japan and samurai culture. 
even Genghis Khan's eras of uh, Mongols, they introduced some of the leading technology in warfare at the time. And believe it or not, Genghis, all the, uh, all the way down to uh, Kublai Khan and Kublai Khan's sons, they did value family. They valued uh, honor and honor in battle uh, and civility. Kublai Khan, more so than Genghis, uh, Kublai Khan was very much more open to allowing the people he conquered to kind of keep their ways and culture and tradition. Uh, it was either that or rule over, you know, just a charred landscape of ashes. He didn't want to do that. Okay, comparatively. Comparatively, uh, I want to see some Jaffa go up against some Klingon warriors, right? I want to see, I want to see Chewie lead a, a squad of Wookiees against a squad of elites led by an Arbiter. I think that would be really, really cool. Uh, you have a lot of things to take into account. Their size, power, weapons, durability, stamina, dexterities, um, fighting styles, what they fight for, who's leading them. Uh, I, I think these things, these things are definitely worth fleshing out. What if the Wookiees uh, became more imperialistic and uh, conquerors. I think that would be a really cool thing to explore in the new Disney Star Wars. What if they ventured out from Kashyyyk and became kind of Mandalorian-esque? That would be terrifying. A whole bunch of giant Wookiees covered in armor going around the galaxy conquering everything. Uh, I think that would be really, really cool to see and experiment with. You have some rogue Wookiees led by some renegade that Han and Chewie have to go up against. That would make I think that would make for a really good graphic novel series. For sure. If it works in Warcraft, we, we kind of have seen we kind of have seen all of the explored uh, possibilities, I think. And that's that comes from, you know, having almost two decades worth of books and graphic novels and games, uh, especially through World of Warcraft, giving us a lot, a lot of content. So I think that's been fleshed out very, very well, especially uh, because we've had so many iterations of orcs. We've had Warcraft orcs, Lord of the Rings orcs, Warhammer 40k, um, and a couple of other small sci-fi spinoffs. Uh, the Mandalorians we're going to be seeing a lot more of with the new uh, Disney Plus show, The Mandalorian, and I cannot wait for that. Although I would very much like to see, I would very much like to see a return to uh, the Clone Wars era and have them focus on Cal Skirata, a Mandalorian commando who trained some of the earliest clone soldiers and clone commanders uh, and commando units. There's, there's a great clone commando series of books uh, in Legends that deal with him, once again, having to deal with duty, family, honor, uh, trying to make a safe haven for the clones he raised to be commandos and elite fighters. 
he, he raised them and considered them his sons. And he wanted them out of what he saw was a terrible, terrible war. And it's a heart-wrenching, awesome, awesome page-turner of a book series. And I highly encourage it uh, amongst anyone who likes to read anything. Even if you don't like science fiction-based uh, readings, definitely give it a read. It has something for everybody. And I mean everybody. Uh, it's got love, mystery, action, subterfuge, romance, everything. Uh, especially if you're science fiction or Star Wars readers. So that definitely makes Cal Scarada uh, one of my favorite old EU, now Legends characters. Was He was this mercenary recruited by Jango Fett, who's a Mandalorian mercenary, who gave up his entire life to train these clone commandos. So who do I think kind of comes out on top of all of these factions? Uh, I definitely think the Mandalorians, the Jaffa, and the Klingons, if they all went against each other, I definitely think the Mandalorians as a whole would come out on top. Yes, the Klingons have an established empire, but the Mandalorians are... They're, they're insane. I, they're the best warriors in the galaxy. They go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Jedi and the Sith. I, I think that they could take Klingons fairly easily. Nine out of ten times, a Mandalorian's gonna, gonna beat a Klingon. For sure. Uh, they have a leadership structure. The Mandalorians have... I think of a big thing that the Mandalorians have over the Klingons is they're not a race, they're a culture. But they're such a rich and powerful culture that they're such a rich and powerful culture that they have the same they have the same bindings as if they were a race. If that makes sense. They they have a sense of duty to each other as Mandalorians on a certain level. With the Klingons, it's all about who's strongest, who is in power, uh, who is on top, who's on the ruling council. And I think that would be their downfall, especially against a foe as strong and as, you know, they don't even need to be, the Mandalorians don't even need to be well organized. They could come together as an army, as a, as a warring faction for sure, and follow the Mandalore if they need to, but they don't need to. They could function as mercenaries or commando units or assassins or spies or saboteurs. They can fun function individually. One Mandalorian could do the work of a small army uh, if he needs to. The, the really, really good ones like Jang or Cal Scarada, they could do some serious damage by themselves. Get a whole army of those guys together, and the Empire is going down, for sure. The Jaffa, the Jaffa are really hardy people, but I, I don't think that they have the technology to really stand up to the Mandalorians. The Klingons they could most likely beat. Uh, if they were unified, I don't think that the Klingons could stop them. I don't think the Wookiees could stop them. But their technology, it just doesn't match up. 
one-on-one, I think Ajofa has a chance. Uh, I think it'll be a 6 out of 10 in the Mandalorian's favor because Ajofa is naturally stronger than, say, a regular human. Or regular humanoid, rather. But a Mandalorian has, you know, their Beskar Gam armor. A Mandalorian is packed to the brim with weapons and advantages over any one single warrior. So, in terms of rankings, I definitely think Mandalorians come out on top. Uh, in terms of favorite character to lead these guys, in terms of a character I would want to see lead the Mandalorians, I would definitely want Teal'c leading them, and I would want Cal Scarada as his general, as his go-to backup guy. Put those two at the head of a Mandalorian army, and I don't think anything is going to be able to stand in their way. Not Palpatine's empire, not the Klingons, uh, Wookiees, Yuzang Vong, you name it. That enemy is toast. Well, that is all for right now. Thank you everyone for tuning in and stick around for more Sci-Fi Unchained. So for now, live long and prosper, my friends, and may the Force be with us all.